Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. All right, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am super excited to announce another lovely guest coming all the way from sunny California, San Diego, in fact. This is Jen. Jen, why don't you go ahead and tell us your story? Oh, thank you for having me here. First of all, Becky, it's great to be chatting with you. We have so much information to share with everybody. And oh, my story. Well, where do you want me to begin? How far back should we go? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll start off and say that, um, you know, I help busy, health-minded people um, in getting their hands on the right lab tests and resources to find the missing pieces of their health puzzle so that they can actually fix what is wrong and get back to feeling like themselves again. And what inspired me to do this work was because I was one of those people. Um, I have had a couple of health challenges that I've faced in my lifetime that really drove me to look deeper into what health really means um, from like a science perspective, as well as just from like a mindset perspective as well. And my, you know, I guess I'll backtrack from there and, and just tell the folks that like my first hurt, my first health hurdle really like kind of started in my early twenties. So we were just chatting about how I grew up in Northern California, but moved to San Diego when I went to college. And that's when I started to notice that things were kind of off. Like when I moved down to San Diego, I all of a sudden started to have like seasonal allergies that would just kick my ass. Like they were growing progressively worse every season. And I would get ear infections that would wipe me out for days on end. And I was also just really struggling to like maintain my weight. And mind you, I was going to school studying fitness, nutrition, and health um, to do like pre-physical therapy and work, work as an athletic trainer with athletes. So I was learning all this stuff about quote unquote health, right? And I was exercising and eating fairly healthy compared to like your average like college student or even average person. Yet I was having these, you know, health things that were popping up. And um, what really kind of like was the breaking point was I was diagnosed with skin cancer at the age of 24. Um, and there was no family health history. Like there wasn't any rhyme or reason as to why that really happened. And so this is what really inspired me to go deeper and be like, what is going on here? Like I'm the healthiest person that I know I'm eating boneless, skinless chicken breast and broccoli, like all the things that we've been told to do and exercising, eating every two hours, you know, to like, you know, keep your metabolism healthy and whatnot. And so I went on this quest and I came across um, a training program called Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. And when I heard the speaker, Reed Davis, speak for the very first time he was doing a webinar, it was like mind blowing to me. I mean, he just put all the pieces of the puzzle out there on the table and really taught us what's happening, happening physiologically in the body that's leading to these you know, onsets of disease and dysfunction. And I was like, so shocked that, you know, I took physiology class in college and I took biology and human anatomy and nobody ever talked about how the systems of the body actually interact with each other. And, um, and what we call like, as practitioners, what we call metabolic chaos, essentially. And so I immediately enrolled in that training course. And through that process of that training, 
you have to do some of these functional lab tests on yourself, like a saliva test to look at cortisol and hormone balance and a stool sample test to look at parasites and bacteria and yeast overgrowth that are creating internal stress and inflammation and a urine test to look at you know, liver function and digestive capacity. And what came out of these tests was that I definitely had some serious hormone imbalances going on. I had a congested kind of clogged liver. I had bacterial overgrowth going on in my gut. So it was like this perfect storm, you know, basically for cancer to be cultivating, right? So the good news is, is that I applied what I learned. I changed my lifestyle, improved my diet, um, got was started getting better rest, started exercising for what my body like actually needed, added in some natural supplements, started to eliminate toxins from my environment. And here I am with you uh, over 10 years later and I'm skin cancer free and I've never had skin cancer since that, that initial diagnosis, which is kind of cool to say. Um, mm-hmm. So that That's was the amazing. first, yeah, it was cool, right? So that was the first hurdle and, and life was like going great after that. So then I like, I get engaged. I'm like about to turn 30, like the year that I turned 30, I was at my like best weight ever, you know, like feeling really good, got married. And shortly after that, like two years later, all of a sudden I put on like 15 pounds and I was having like cystic acne. And I, I didn't even have acne when I was a kid, like going through puberty. So it was really odd. Um, and again, was just dealing with some really odd health stuff and come to find out, like I was, I, you know, I was like racking my brain, running all my tests, doing all the things, supporting my body uh, in the best way possible. And I couldn't really figure out what was happening. And just one day it was kind of like divine intervention. I opened up the guest room closet and we had black mold all over the ceiling. And oh my, stop. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that room was my office. I actually like my desk sat a foot away from that closet. And I had been working in that room for two years, which was when all this stuff started accumulating. Right. Um, so that mold had, uh, triggered elevated estrogen levels in my body because mold toxins convert to estrogen Mm -hmm. in the body. And then the toxins and the elevated estrogens messed with my thyroid and triggered, uh, Hashimoto's, an autoimmune thyroid disorder. So luckily, because I had been doing so much already to support my body, I was able to rebound from that really quickly. And within six months, I was in remission from Hashimoto's, like removed the mold and um, got my estrogen levels back to normal. And uh, it took probably like a full year to like really totally recover from all of that, just because all the detoxing that your body kind of has to go through. And like... I'm at, you know, I'm 38 now and I feel better than I ever felt that I did at 30, (laughs) which like most people think that, well, when you, as you age, things get worse. Right. And I just don't believe that's true because I'm living proof that it's not, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's my story in a nutshell and how I kind of wound up here talking to you. That's crazy. And you know, it's so frustrating too, because you're such a healthy person and because of black mold, you were getting so sick. That's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, you know, it's funny, like you say that because, um, I, when I was diagnosed with like the Hashimoto's and the mold stuff, like I remember, I'll never forget. My best friend was like, she's like, are you, are you just like so upset? So mad? Cause you're like the healthiest person. And I was like, I thought about it for a second. And I was like, I really, I could be upset that this is happening to me, but there's a reason that it's happening to me. And 
the reason is because I'm learning a lesson that I'm going to get to help other people. And like, you know, as a result of that, that's been so true. I mean, that mold stuff happened in 2016. And since then I've helped so many people like, you know, get their, manage their thyroid stuff naturally and figure out what's going on in their body. And it's, it's all because of that accumulation of knowledge and experience that I had. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was a blessing in disguise essentially. Yeah. I feel like, especially people that go through like any type of chronic something or, or life altering medi medical problem or anything like that, there's always some type of silver lining. And then whether it's, you learn something about yourself or you're able to take your experience and help other people, or maybe you have more gratitude or empathy towards life, et cetera, et cetera. It's crazy how, when you're put through something bad, it's actually meaning for something good. Mm -hmm. And hopefully people in the chronic community can see that. Yeah. So what do you think, you know, like what was the hardest thing that you had to go through, through it all that? Oh, I have to pick one thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's hard. It's like every day you just have to take it one, one day at a time, you know? So if I could pick, like, I'll pick out a couple of moments that really stand out and I think the first thing was the frustration about like, oh, I'd already made all these changes and I have to do more, you know, like, why do I have to work so hard? Um, but I was also very committed to like healing, right? Like I didn't, and this is relating specifically to like the Hashimoto's aspect of it and the mold stuff. And I was like, I, I don't, I'm not going to let this get the better of me either at the same time. And so I committed to doing like a modified AIP diet for as mm -hmm. long as it took to get my antibodies back under control, which meant, you know, cutting out nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, grains, nightshade vegetables, and going into the holiday season. This is when I, this all kind of came to a head. And on top of that, you know, my, I, I'm a wine lover. Like I love wine. And that's <laughs> one of the things that my husband and I really bond over is that we go wine tasting and we're wine club members. And so I think these are some of the parts of our journey that are really critical in, in being able to heal is like learning how to um, prioritize ourselves and learning how to communicate our needs and being safe with doing that. Right. Cause like most people will say, Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to be that awkward one at the table that's ordering something different or that my family members have to cook <laughs> around or whatever. Right. And so I just remember sitting my husband down and saying like, look, here's what I need to do for my body. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to drink until I get past this. Cause it's just like, I'd rather get past this than it be prolonged forever and be feeling this way. And I just said like, this is not an expectation for you not to drink. Like you can still do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like, I know that this is something that we enjoy together. So I don't want to lose that part. Like I would really appreciate it if we could find different ways to like spend time together while I go through this process. And I remember being like super nervous, you know, thinking about having this conversation with him. Cause these are the things that pop up in our head again, you know, like, I don't want to be the difficult one or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. And he received it really well. And so that was uh, definitely think a monumental time for me, like just being able to 
um, use my voice and communicate my needs and mm-hmm. communicate with him was a big part. Um, not long after that is another kind of momentous moment where like my background coming into this was in personal training is kind of what I got out of college and like originally started doing. And I would, I would train for fitness competitions, like bikini competitions. So, you know, very intense training routines, um, a lot of like, uh, restrictive dieting techniques and everything like that. But part of my identity was going to the gym and Olympic lifting. Like I would run a mile down to the gym, do an intense workout and then run home. I even think about that now. And I'm like, how did I even do that? That was crazy, you know? Um, and so the, what I had to come to terms with was cutting back my exercise intensity. So it was really hard because that was attached to my identity. You know, that was like going through the emotions of like, I'm not less than just because I can't lift as heavy as I used to, or I can't work out as intensely as I used to. And I really talk to my clients a lot about this because we've been conditioned to think that diet and exercise is the answer for any health issue that we're having, you know, and I see exercise is definitely a tool, but what people have to understand is that exercise can also be a stressor on your body. So when your body's already in a depleted state and you go work out um, intensely, you're placing more demand on your body. I mean, literally when you're lifting weights, you're like breaking apart muscle tissue and then the body's going in and repairing the muscles to make them stronger. So we're placing a load on the body and it responds by creating stronger muscles and bones, right? Which requires like a lot of nutrients to do. And it requires, um, you know, vitality to have and to be able to do that. So when you're already in this like kind of depleted state, because you're dealing with something like hormone imbalances or mold or toxins or an autoimmune condition, and you're working out hard, you're just, it's like, it's like you're taking two steps forward and one step back every single day, right? If you, mm-hmm. you know, don't get a good night's sleep the night before and you go to the gym and work out hard. So at, I finally was like, I was doing, I, I did AIP diet. I was doing all the things and I was making progress, but slowly. And that's when I was like, okay, I got to like kind of drink my own medicine here. And I made a deal with myself that I was like only going to do yoga and walk for and walk as exercise for 30 days. And when I made that decision, like that next 30 days is when I started to make leaps and bounds in my healing process. So I think that's really hard for people to take in sometimes because that's like, you know, when I talk with clients, I'm like, what do you do to release stress? They're like, I work out. (laughs) Uh, So a lot of people hang on to that for a reason. And, um, but it's just learning to work with what your body has to give. Mm -hmm. And like, now that I'm in a healthier place, I work out hard again, you know, so it's not forever. It's like for the time being, like just being able to support your body in the way that it, you know, needs it most, I think is what's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because when I was in my early twenties to about 23, I guess, um, I used to love going to the gym and lifting weights and, um, you know, getting that pump on, if you will, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but with Crohn's disease, it was like exactly what you say, like two steps forwards, one step back, or it felt like, you know, some days I'd be treading through mud sort of thing. And then you think that you're releasing your stress by going to the gym, but really it's just making things worse, which is Mm -hmm. kind of funny. And now I just, 
I don't go to the gym. I just walk a lot. I take my dogs out for nice hikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, good. no, that's a really good, really good point. And, you know, we all really stress in certain ways. I mean, it's, um, you know, I know, uh, going to the gym is awesome, but I feel like going out in nature and, you know, camping and all that fun stuff is so good for the body as well. But, oh my gosh. It's so good for the body. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. we've gotten away from that, you know, mm-hmm. so much, right. Because, um, just like our modern day world that we live in essentially. And so it's, it's funny that we don't spend a lot of time outside anymore, but our body thrives off of that. Like our bodies in Mm -hmm. rhythm with nature essentially. And, um, it's one of the best ways to offset stress, to Mm -hmm. help the body process and eliminate toxins, um, and bring our hormones back in balance and boost our energy. You know, anytime, like if I sit in my, in my office for hours on end doing calls and meetings and stuff like that, if I, fit, if I feel like a little low on energy, all you need is a little sunshine and going out and getting a little bit of sunshine, mm-hmm. getting some fresh air totally revitalizes me and helps. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But kind of on the flip side of things, what has been the best thing to come from your experience from having the skin cancer to Hashimoto's and all that fun stuff. What's been the best thing to come from all of that? Hmm. I think the best thing to come from all of that is really figuring out more of who I am, which is probably not the typical response that most people might say, but it's, it's, um, pushed me to grow in so many ways to really figure out, like, instead of just running with the crowd, like, who am I? What are my Mm -hmm. needs? What's important to me? Um, You know, growing into like standing strong in my voice, right? Like communicating my needs and just um, speaking my truth, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, those are the, the um, uncomfortable parts of, of life in a lot of ways that if I didn't do those things, I wouldn't be here in the healthier place that I am, you know, today. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually just, one of my friends just recently kind of pointed this out to me is like, I just kind of do it on autopilot now a little bit, but she was like, she's like texted me and she's like, you know, you really inspired me the other day, how you you know, really were mindful of how much you had on your plate this week and, and said that you couldn't commit to hanging out because you were just, you know, needed some downtime. And she's like, inspired me to, you know, take that time for myself. And I'm, I'm really mindful about that now, because part of what, when I look back at, you know, what landed me in a place of skin cancer to start and how I had those hormone imbalances and gut you know, bacteria going on and congested liver, it was because I was running my body to the ground. Like I say that I work with busy health-minded professionals because that's who I was. Like I mm-hmm. always, like, you know, I even all the way back to like elementary school, like I was the kid that was in all the advanced, you know, classes, the AP classes. I played sports in high school while working a part-time job and had a very busy social life you know, on the weekends and same thing in, you know, college, I was going to college full-time doing an internship, working a part-time job and then parting it up on the weekends. And so Mm -hmm. I was like constantly just grinding my body into the ground. And so, um, 
that's been a big part of the like learning, you know, process as well too, is not to do that. But in order to not do that, that means that the actual practical application of that is being able to say no, you know, being able to communicate what my needs are and like stand in my truth and know who I am and what do, what does Jen want or need right now, like in this moment, you know, and it's not always what everybody else is doing essentially. Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree with that more. And it's interesting. I've said it on this podcast before, but it's almost like we get diseases because of the fact that our bodies are screaming at us to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how true that is to so many of my listeners and so many of the, my podcasters that I've had on the show. And even for me, you know, I, I mentioned that I had surgery just recently because of my disease. And um, it's 100% because of the fact that I was doing too much just way too much and not listening to my body and not listening to it being like, Hey, you should probably stop or else I'm going to keep getting more and more sick. Nope. Mm -hmm. I just kept going and here we are. I don't have a colon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think that like when I look at the mold experience that I had, cause that was an accumulation of like the weight accumulated over two years and time Mm -hmm. and little things started kind of like, you know, accumulating like the acne and the hormone stuff that was going on. And once I finally figured out what was happening, I, and I could look back and see all the pieces coming together. I remember like making kind of a vow or a promise to myself that next time mm-hmm. I wasn't going to wait. Cause I remember like clearly mm-hmm. just thinking and going, oh, I'm too busy. I'll deal with that later. You know, right. like, totally. oh, I'll get to ordering those tests for myself. And then weeks later it would finally happen. And I just kept putting it off and putting it off and like, Mm-hmm. You know, so through that part of the journey, it's like, that's where I really kind of was like, okay, like self-care is a whole different animal mm-hmm. <laughs> than just getting a massage and acupuncture. It's like, nothing matters more than yourself, you know, like nothing at work matters more than yourself. Nothing else that anybody else is doing matters more than yourself. And mm-hmm. that's like, you know, my commitment to, to myself is like, I'm not going to just push myself off because I'm too busy anymore, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, it's like, if we don't have our health, we don't have anything. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to be sitting in a hospital or being sick or being, uh, you know, experiencing like whatever it is negative about your body for months on end sort of thing. And so you're so right. I mean, had I acknowledged the fact that I was getting really sick sooner. It's the same thing. I could have maybe avoided surgery. Mm-hmm. So, but is there, so now you, you don't have any skin cancer anymore, which is fantastic. And the Hashimoto's is gone, I'm assuming. And so what are you, what are you doing now in terms of staying healthy? Are you doing any like natural stuff? Any, um, what, what are you doing to stay healthy? I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I, I regularly practice eating an anti-inflammatory diet, like no gluten, no dairy, sugar, soy, very like minimal alcohol. Um, I do love my wine. So I'll have like, you know, up to like maybe four glasses of wine a week, potentially. Um, and I, I kind of still practice like mostly modified AIP. So I do avoid like other grains a lot, other nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, nightshade vegetables. I mean, I have them just rarely. They're just not a part of my daily diet necessarily. And um, 
I also eat kind of more of like a lower carb, higher fat, higher protein diet, which helps with that. And, you know, the, from the inflammatory standpoint, essentially, and it's just what my body personally operates better off of. Like one of the things that I really work on with people is figuring out what foods are right for your body. Cause everybody is different and what their needs are. Um, but one thing that I am really particular about is my sleep, uh, because your sleep is actually more valuable in those cases than diet and exercise. You know, as, a, as a, I was explaining about exercise earlier, like if you're getting a poor night's sleep and then you're going and exercising, well, then that's, you know, two negatives essentially. Right. And during our sleeping hours is when we, you know, our body does its major detoxification process. It's when we repair cells and like it restores itself. So if we're not getting good quality sleep during the right times, then again, you're waking up with like a half tank of gas every single day mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, go the distance of a full tank of gas. Right. So um, one of the things that I really talk about and teach on is that the most critical times for you to be sleeping are from 10 PM to like at least 2 AM, 4 AM is more ideal that window, because according to your circadian rhythm, which is like the hormonal rhythm of the body that is ruled by the sun and the moon cycles, we don't get to decide mm -hmm. what that rhythm is. It's part of, again, being connected with the earth and like nature, it's just instinctual mm -hmm. for us. Um, so according to that rhythm, 10 to four is the most critical time to be sleeping. And so I am really particular about my sleep. Like even <laughs> tomorrow we're going to a baseball game and I was like, okay, the baseball game starts at seven. So we can leave by like nine. Right. <laughs> so I can <laughs> be in bed and asleep by 10. Right. Um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of just game planning, those kinds of things. So I'm really particular about my sleep. It's, you know, very rarely, uh, do I go to bed after 10, 10 PM? You know, if there's like a wedding mm -hmm. or some kind of celebration, or if I happen to like go to Vegas for the weekend or something like that, those are those special mm -hmm. scenarios, but I do pay for it the next day. I feel it definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, exercising for what my body can tolerate each day. So I check my uh, morning HRV every morning, which gives you some insights about nervous system balance. Like it's your body stressed or in recovery mode. And I also have an aura ring that measures your sleep quality. And it gives you what's called like a readiness score in the morning time based off of a, your previous day activity, your um, heart rate variability at nighttime, your sleep quality. So I use those as metrics to kind of like check in and see, okay, what, how much tank, how much gas is in the tank today? Like, can I go do hill sprints or do I need to go for a walk instead? And right. even with those metrics, like sometimes um, they might tell me that everything looks great, but I don't feel that way. So I still have to listen to my body, but it's good to have some biofeedback like that occasionally. So I always am selective about my exercise. Like I like to have my routine, but I will abandon the routine in, you know, in, in pursuit of like doing what's right for my body every single day. And like learning and to check in with that has been really critical for me because my old ways would have been like my A type personality would have said like, no, today is leg day. Like you're doing legs today <laughs> and not right. being so willing totally. to break the routine. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I take a variety of supplements, like natural supplements every day, just to support like my immune system or liver function, um, like gut health type of stuff, make sure I'm, I'm getting all my nutrients mm -hmm. in. And then what I've been doing over years has just been a constant process of toxin elimination or avoidance. 
So, you know, at one point it was like a lot more work to like overhaul our house from like toxins with, you know, cleaning supplies and makeup and personal care products. And now it's pretty clean, but it's still like a mindfulness that I have every single day. And, and I would say like once or twice a year, I typically do a cleanse, like a specific cleanse for 28 days where I, um, you know, don't drink alcohol for 28 days. I'm super on top of my diet. I do some liver flushing stuff, like a home remedy for that. I, you know, might just bump up some of the uh, liver support supplements that I'm taking to kind of flush that stuff out, like specifically in a certain time frame. So in a nutshell, those are a lot of my common practices. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you talk about, um, you know, listening to your body and um, just doing the exercise that is good for your body for that day. Because um, I recently learned about different um, kind of almost like a, a structure around the female cycle, basically. And that was the first time that I heard about doing like mm-hmm. modified exercise or mod- like specifically modified work. And so, you know, it's kind of like what you're saying when you're listening to your body and only doing as much as you can. And, you know, that's so important for people with any type of illness or any type of anything, or even just someone going through their regular cycle, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But listening to your body and only doing as much as your body's going to do, as opposed to thinking, okay, today's leg day and I'm going to do as many squats as I can. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) So, um, well, we're just about at time here, but could you give any of our listeners a bit of advice for their struggles? Yeah, I think like one of the main themes that's come out of our conversation today is that your body knows better than anybody else about your health, right? And um, I think that we have a tendency to kind of put health experts on a pedestal and they don't always know what's right for us specifically. Like, I think that we have to be co-creators and co-collaborators in this health journey. And this is probably where like learning to use your voice and advocate for yourself is so critically important, you know? And I, I like to encourage a lot of that, like in the work that I do with my clients is like, you know, we're in a, this is a co-creative, co-collaborative process together. Like I'm here to educate you so that you can make the best choices for what's right for you essentially. And I just wish that everybody, you know, could take that approach, but ultimately, you know, your body knows best and your body is talking to you. Like we've been saying, you know, both of us have had this experience about our bodies were talking to us and we just weren't listening. So one of the best, um, like sayings that I, one of my mentors, Dr. Tom O'Brien has said before that I love to share is that just because something is common doesn't mean that it's normal. So For example, like people say like, oh, it's, you know, it's normal to gain weight as you age. No, it's actually common, but that doesn't mean that it's normal, right? Or it's, you know, it's normal to have hormone imbalances and to suffer through menopause or to have digestive issues because of X, Y, and Z. It's not normal. It's just common. Common. Wow. I love Mm -hmm. that. That's so good. It's so good. And, you know, the other thing that I like to say is that, um, you know, 
life is always going to happen. Like if you look back at my story, like I had that first hurdle that I overcame and I was in this place of amazing health. And then all of a sudden, like something else popped up. We can't predict traffic. So, right. <laughs> you know, life is always going to happen, but how you choose to navigate it is what makes all the difference in your health basically. And this kind of goes along with like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. So right. if you're not getting the results that you are wanting, then you have to look at like, well, it's not just like I'm, I'm taking all these things and they're not working. Like maybe you need a different approach to it, you know? And that kind of goes along with the other thing that I say is that healthy is a way of being, not just doing, you know, mm -hmm. I see a lot of people and I was this person for a while too. It's like, I'm doing all the healthy things. Like I'm eating healthy, I'm exercising, I'm going to yoga, I'm taking all the supplements. So we're physically doing all of these healthy things, but we're not really embracing healthy. And maybe a, a good kind of analogy or example of this is like the person that's rushing to yoga class, that's like watching the clock the entire time that they're there. And then they're rushing home to cook dinner. Okay, you did the thing, you did yoga, but you didn't really embrace the intention or the purpose of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that I think kind of goes back to like some of the kind of the mindset, the personal self-growth work mm -hmm. that can happen through the journey that you're having is that, you know, you have to look at who you're being, not just what you're doing, but who are you being in your life? Like, are mm -hmm. you kind of like being a maniac in your life? <laughs> and rushing to yoga class and rushing to get through the next thing and, and right. checking, just checking the boxes instead of actually mm -hmm. like being present in the moment and embracing healthy as a way of being, being connected with your body, listening to what it's saying to you, whether it's the symptoms that are talking to you or like simply eating, you know, food and then checking in and going, does this food work for me? And like getting a mm -hmm. yes or a no from your body that that's working. Right. Mm -hmm. So those would be my last things that I would definitely want to leave with our listeners today. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And you know, how, how true all of what you just said is in regards to being mindful and present on the day to day and listening to your body. And I mean, I feel like gratitude is a huge portion of that too, in regards to like waking up and, and thanking for our bodies and, 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 you know, our lives and all of our experiences and all this other stuff, because when we're not mindful about who you, who we are, what we do and listening to our bodies, as you say, we lose ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we lose ourselves, we don't have our health. We don't have this. We don't have, it's like, you're just going through the motions, almost mm -hmm. like you're on autopilot. And how many people on this planet are on autopilot that are getting sick, that are not happy, that are, oh my goodness. It's just, it's just sad. Mm -hmm. so. It really is. And, and at the same time, the power is all ours, right? Like yes, exactly. We have 100%. the ability. Yeah. To like, I saw this great quote on Instagram today. It was like, um, you're not, what was it like? You're not finding your, you're, you're not, uh, trying to find yourself. You're trying to create yourself. Right. It's like some people are saying, well, I'm just trying to find myself. Well, how about it's like, I'm, I'm creating who I want to be. I'm creating yes. the experience that I want to have, you know? Well, that's, that's kind of like that quote. It's like, um, Ooh, am I going to remember it? Hold on. It's, uh, the best way to predict your future is by creating it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. I love that. Oh, that's so good. So good. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same though, you know, like if I want to make a hundred thousand dollars next year, okay, well, what am I going to do to do it? Sort of thing. Anyways, yeah, that's a whole sidebar. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> totally. Uh, awesome, Jen. Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show and being vulnerable, telling your story and getting out there and all that fun stuff. But before we get going, how can my listeners get in touch with you? Oh yeah, that'd be great. Um, I am really active on Instagram. I share like daily tips and inspiration and motivation, kind of like all about the stuff that we talked about today. So they can find me on Instagram at holistic health boss and holistic is spelled with a W just like whole foods or whole body. So that's holistic health boss. Um, and that's also my website is holistichealthboss.com where I I'm an avid blogger over there, creating all kinds of like valuable information and educational resources for people. And that's also where people can connect with me if they want to explore doing work together too. Perfect. And I will make sure that I have your contact details in the podcast description as well. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much, Becky. And, and it's great to talk to you. Yeah, you as well. It was lovely. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the show maybe at another time. Would be happy to. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. And Jen and I will catch you on the flip side.